The Money Show. Other people's money. Okay, so now, does this ring a bell? Do you know this one? Do you know this one? I must, I've got to be careful playing stuff off my phone, but I'm told we don't have it in our system. So, Remember this. Everybody loved this. It's so cool. It's so cool. This quiet fade, quiet fade. There we go. Off the phone. Jarba Hopper. I mean, when was that? That's like 13 years ago. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. That was about um, 2010, if not just a little earlier, 2009 maybe. And it's just so fabulous. I mean, these things sort of fade into distant memory, but you listen to it again and it just brings back a feeling. It brings back a vibe, perhaps a vibe of a far more optimistic time, of course, when we felt like the circle could get bigger, but the circles, unfortunately, feels like it's shrinking and strangling us all. How are things going in the world of independent music production? Because that's what you're all about, right? Well, everything is going well. I think... um for what it's worth, there was, uh, you know, there had to be a little bit of a pivot from a, from a life perspective. Um, so it ended up kind of taking a turn for me in 2017. Because music is a young man's game. You know, essentially yeah. you have to be... <laughs> tell, tell, the, tell that to Mick Jagger. People are pointing out that Mick Jagger is like six months younger than Joe Biden and he's still running around like a hooligan. But I suppose he's the exception that proves the rule. But um, yeah, 2017, you made, you made a change. Yeah, so 2017, you know, Bruce, it was inevitable to make a change and kind of not look into the music business, but more into the business of music. And, and, and that allowed me to kind of diversify where my interests quite lie. So I've, I've contributed significantly as a front performer, but now I think I contribute a lot more as, as a music executive, and, you know, as an entrepreneur in the, in the entertainment space, which is, which is brilliant for me at this stage. What is happening in music production? In the olden days, you would sign up with a record label, you'd be given a contract, you'd be beholden to them until you fell out and um, and went your own way and tried to get a new record producer, but then you got a bad name for yourself and people fell out. Then Taylor Swift kind of rocked the global music world and she said, you know, she's only going to produce her own music. And, and many musicians, I think, have fallen short, but the record labels no longer have the power that they once did where are you fitting into that world yeah i think right now in this day and age you know the music age has, has, has technology has changed the music age quite drastically um taking away the powers from the majors and the only thing that is that the majors are left to do is really just accept that landscape is swaying in the angle of independence and that's where that's where the independent landscape is um, occupies a large portion of of, of the music market share there are hundreds of thousands of independent record labels that have signed hundreds of thousands of artists. So, you know, the, the guys are now understanding that they don't want to be in a part where their masters and their copyright is jeopardized. If anything, they want to be in a, in, a, in a position to be able to exploit, which is not really a, which is taken a word that has taken a bit of a sway these days, but in, in order to exploit their masters and their copyright as, as much as possible. And we realized that, for instance, my company bought into a company called Five that I, I actually founded the, the business, which is an independent music distribution company, which allows artists all over the continent to distribute music from their cell phones because the power has now gone back into the arms and the hands of the creator and away from the multinational corporations. How do you monetize 
posting music from your smartphone? I mean, is it a hugely technical aspect to it? Is it, how do, how does the process work? Because for many artists to have control of that process is huge. It 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 goes before even guys just start distributing. There's a there's a lot of work that has to be done. Part of our job that we had to do initially was a huge educational drive not only from a technology perspective, but the ability to educate people on music business, um, on what is the intellectual property, what is your copyright, what other rights do you hold, your publishing right, your master right, your copyright, um, you know, as well as many other rights that lie within a, within a sound recording. Um, so we had to go out and do a lot of educational drives. And I think once you've gotten people to a point where they are trusting enough of the educational systems that you've put in place for them, they now start believing that you have their best interest at heart because we do. I mean, I started out as a musician in 2007. So I've been a musician. I know how hard it is to get a single royalty from a record company. But I also know how great it is to have everybody singing your song and how that really moves the needle. And you, you, you really have the ability to move crowds. So a, a huge part of our job that we had to do when we launched the platform was to do a lot of education, to, to teach people a lot. And I think once we had done that, we had gained the trust of our users we had gained the trust of our audience. And that became easier for them to actually go on the app, explore, put out a couple of songs. We did a couple of freemium subscriptions where you didn't charge for about three months where so guys could distribute music and we carried the cost of the business as part of our initial marketing drive. So that, that's kind of like how we went into it. And word of mouth obviously spreads. They start talking about how easy it is to use because that's one thing that you want with tech. And before you knew it, um, you know, subscribers were climbing and guys were really just taking it up. Uh, uh, but here's the thing also, I mean, when everybody can publish, is there, what's the filter? Is the market the filter? Are we as people who are downloading music, we're the filter as to what becomes successful and what doesn't. You don't have the old school promotional vehicles of the experienced gray hard, gray haired record company executive anymore. You're on your own, and you're depending on your own wits, your connections, your links, your 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 ability to 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 connect with that audience, aren't you? Yeah, but the brilliant part about it, Bruce, is that now because it's the age of the creator, everybody wants to create something. Everybody wants to own something, have and represent what they believe in, and that's a marvel to watch. So independent artists are not necessarily independent. They are called independent in the landscape of what we traditionally know to be a conventional commercial music model. But overall, independent artists are not on their own. They do have people who believe in them. It could be their management. They might find a friend who now starts studying music management or bookings or, or all of those things. That they, you know, because it's also easier to go out into market and test the product. Once you've created a song, you no longer rely on big focus groups and sending it out and seeing what the response is. You don't carry the cost of warehousing on, 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 on product, manufacturing on CDs. So therefore, you don't have the bulky cost that the record label had back in the day. Right now, you've got a solution where you've created a sound recording on your computer and you're literally using your data connection to upload and transport that song from your computer to any other DSP in the world. So I think because you don't carry a bulk of the risk, you're not necessarily on your own. You've minimized costs. You know, the cost of recording an album now is no longer 300, 500, 700,000 like it was when I was a musician about seven, you know, 17, 16 years ago. You're looking at a cost of about a complete product if you're mixing and mastering of about 25 to 30,000. So you've really brought down your, your production cost considerably. Yes, because of the systems that are there. I mean, yeah. guys are, they are 
laptops, you know, small little speakers. You can buy your home setup for about 15,000 rand, including your recording equipment, etc., and record your own album and not pay for any other costs besides probably designing the artwork, etc. So the costs have dropped down significantly. Cool. Now, were you, and I, and I'm, I, there was a time where I watched a bit of Idols, and I don't think I saw season 18, but I, I look at the images of you on season 18 of Idols, and did we, we, was that you, or was that you in character? Because you look very grumpy a lot of the time. Or was season 18 just lots of artists who were disappointing to you? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, Idols is a reflection of your real life. That's what it is. Um, and a, a lot of people think it's it's for television or it's for this or it's for that. Um, it, it's really not. Idols has it's it's the potential to change people's lives. And I think I'm as serious I'm as I'm as serious as Idols as I would be in any boardroom or any meeting, where I'm seriously being attentive to 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 what could potentially change someone's life. I mean, if you these these kids who come on Idols have a potential of making one million rand in a space of four to five months. If I had that opportunity to make a million rand at four to five months, I would sing my heart out for breakfast, lunch, and supper. So they need to understand the magnitude of it is that it's not just a competition where you go and sing. It's an opportunity to actually upscale and move from where you are to being a demo recording artist to being actually a recognizable artist in households. So I think I'm just, I'm just serious there because I take it as a serious part of the business. And, um, you know, this year we're a lot more heavily involved from a business perspective in idols, um, in, you know, and, and, and there's a lot that we're actually looking at to be able to maximize the opportunities for success for the winner. So I'm quite excited about the new season as well. So it's, it's going to be lovely. You know, I, I, think, I mean, it, it, it is the stuff that, that does, it makes magic in people's lives and finding that, that one true talent. Um, is is something is something quite remarkable. What's the health of the music scene like? I mean, uh, again, at the risk of sounding old, um, and, and you may you run this risk as well because you're in your thirties. Um, it, it's a, you say it's a young person's game, but when you listen to the quality of what is produced and you listen to the quality of what people are doing, are you blown away? Are you impressed? Or are you thinking another one who's trying to be like, mm, another one who's trying to do like what? Another one. Is there any originality coming through? I think what 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 used to happen, and I think um, we, we there might be people who are listening, some of your listeners who might be privy to this, because the music industry has welcomed a lot of people. Back in the day, you'd have <clears throat> instances where companies would pay for what they would call development processes. So they would inject a large amount of cash into building an artist, um, designing how they're going to look, what they're going to sound like, the producers that they're going to use. And that incubation process could take up to 24 months to do before the artist ever even sees their album on shelves. And right now what these guys are doing as young people is that they are actually doing their research and development in real time, which is something you've got to commend. They're really just going out there and putting their hearts out. And they're just making music at a very high frequency. What we used to look at as probably an average of one album per 24 to 36 months, you're now looking at about two albums per 12 months on a frequency of release from any artist. So there's always music out. So it's, it's again, with music, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been done before. Everything sounds the same. Nothing ask, new can be discovered. I mean, ask so with Ed the Sheeran. Page. 
I mean, it, it sure 100%. was really interesting, wasn't it? Because, again, I'm going to get the terminology wrong because I know as much about music as I know about neuroscience. But you were saying that the, the same four chords kind of can be in almost every hit song for the last 50 years. And he was demonstrating on his guitar how he could play the same few chords and sing a different tune. And he was that was yeah, part of his defense, wasn't it? 100%. And that he's very right. There are limited keys on a piano. Um, and all those keys change from, you know, all those little notes change from key to key. So there's only a certain amount of chords that you can actually play throughout the entirety of music, you know, and, and they sound the same as if you have replicated. So, you know, there isn't anything new. We know, for instance, you know, I'll just throw in some music jargon here for you, Bruce. We know probably a one four five progression is probably the most mm. famous South African progression there ever is. You can hear what it, it in different... What's, what's it sound like? It, it just sounds like if you listen to Dihamba um, Nawe by Mafiki Zolo or you listen to any other Afro-pop song, um, stuff from Malaika, stuff, from, stuff that came out as Afro-soul and Afro-pop, had that progression usage over and over and over again, probably since the 1970s. Now, you know, because there is nothing new under the sun, it's very hard for you to make stuff that will stand out. How many keys can you play? How many chords can you play to actually change? And that's where you have to now, as a musician, start focusing more on writing and what you're writing about and the content that you're writing. So you can yeah. speak directly to your listener in a language that they understand because the content of the music now becomes more important now than it ever has been. Talk to me about financial rewards in the world of music. Um, it used to be fairly clear and fairly simple. Um, the, the record label kept most of the money. The artist got some. They would make their money out of gigging and doing concert tours and all of that sort of stuff. Management teams have just watched the Elvis movie. Elvis got himself ripped off by Colonel Parker. All of these stories, horrendous stories. When it comes to your life in music, how have you, has your fine, have your finances progressed through the, the life cycle of your career? I've been through the ringer here. <laughs> I, think, I think which artist really hasn't. I think for, 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 for every artist, you, you, you know, I, I call it paying your school fees. And I was listening to the conversation that you had with, with uh, your previous guest before me um, about mentorship and the ability yeah. that mentors can give you a lot of time. Um, they can save you a lot of a lot of time because you don't have to go through what they went through. They can they can actually assist you. And unfortunately, with music, we've never had that. We've never had guys who would actually step up to the plate and assist uh, musicians. So, from a finance perspective, I've 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 been through the ring, made money, I've lost money, I've taken money, invested money. You know, so 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 there has been quite a change for me. And you know, the the saying is true: the higher the go, the higher you go, the thinner the air. You know, once you're at the peak of your career and you're making a lot of money, that is when you kind of get lost in what it's about. And you have to slowly just steadily find your way. And I think once musicians and entertainers start to see that they are not immune to legal systems, um, that they need to run their music business as a business, the same way an advertising agency will, or the same way that a manufacturing business will. Because at the end of the day, it is a business that does generate a certain amount of revenue, or turnover, etc., for you as an individual and for the people that you employ. So my my money, my money, my approach to money has really changed ever since then. When I was 21, when I started, I would splurge and spend every single cent until I was 26. But I think the ability was that I've always loved business and I've always wanted to challenge myself in every single business aspect. And hence now, my pivot was that 
I really wanted to create a finance vehicle or a, a private equity vehicle that would allow me to be part of every single business that I find interest in or every single thing that is interesting for me because there is that. So money does really play a big part, but I think also we need to learn how to use it and preserve it because I will admit there are still instances where I'm seeing shockers in contracts, where I'm seeing guys who are misusing money like it's the 1980s or the 1970s, and that's really a travesty. And the, the importance of the contract and understanding the terms of the contract and understanding the obligations within the contract and understanding the potential pitfalls within the contract and what happens when there is a default in the contract and when to get heavy and when to make a phone call and when to send the lawyer's letter or, you know, when to respond with empathy when the contract goes bad. Um, the, the stuff of, of running your own hustle, which is, you know, I think a lot of what the music, what, what you're starting out in the music industry is, it's a hustle like, you know, any hustle, um, is is really difficult. And that's mentorship and that advice is so absolutely pivotal. Are you finding yourself playing that role individually, one-on-one -on -one with musicians? I do a lot of the time, a lot. If there's anything I do, I spend my time talking to a lot of artists, um, not professionally or anything, but guys will call me seeking advice. And I'm, I'm very keen to give guys advice about, you know, the different rights, what is happening within the contract, um, what they need to do, because I believe it's like I say, it's an independent landscape. And also, I believe in plowing back and, and assisting. You know, the systems have changed. I was speaking to a business partner of mine who is actually the guy who signed me back in the day um, in 2008 and has now become my business partner in, in a record label merger with the label that signed me and my company. Um, and, 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 how, and how that conversation went is he admitted and said he's 70 years old, but he can admit that the system and the, well, the way record labels dealt back then is a totally different story to how it is right now. So we need to open up the door to have those discussions with young guys about the contracts, about the financial implications, about how to run your record label or your, even your music career as a business. Because there's making music for the sake of making it and there's, there's also wanting to build a career that will allow for you to be, become sustainable over so, time and eventually create a legacy within this ever-changing landscape. of. Can I finish the way we started? So you are making the circle bigger. Essentially, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald, thanks for coming on. Gerald Bohorpa, uh, who is a musician, creative entrepreneur. What a wonderful tale of success in what is a really, really tough industry.